Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, Zootown? Happy Monday. This is Jeff Safford here with you on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula, the ESPN MT app. Nuan is now getting you going here in the 4 o'clock hour, taking you up to 6, as we do every weekday here on Western Montana's Sports Leader. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Andrew Houghton behind the glass. Any guests joining us will do so on the Raggage Brothers RV phone line. Glad to be coming to you here from the Missoula Broadcasting Company, just off reserve here in Missoula, Montana. Fun weekend. You got a big game to look forward to in two weeks. Got the Niners, the San Francisco 49ers, making their way back to Las Vegas, or the big game, I should say. And also, the game will be played in Las Vegas. And what's shocking news, the Kansas City Chiefs, once more, the defending champs looking to sit at the head of the table of the NFL, once again, they make their way past the Baltimore Ravens on the road, and they will take on the 49ers out there in Sin City. Should be an interesting matchup in hour number two. Coach Marty Morningwig will be here with Colter Nuanez in person. We've been talking about how he just had a baby last week going on to paternity leave, but how things worked out with schedule and things it just was easier for Coulter to come in and do his segment with Marty Morningwig live in person so that's who you'll see on the camera here on ESPN MT app and on SWX Montana television as well Coulter will be here talking with coach Marty also will be here in hour number one to talk some big sky conference men's and women's basketball for the Montana basketball hour 
weekends for the Lady Grizz and University of Montana men's basketball teams, as well as the Cats on the other side of the divide. Good weekend for the Lady Grizz. Man, offense looks awesome in two wins on Thursday and Saturday. But as Andrew Houghton has touched on, the Lady Grizz have been able to have an upper hand against some of the lower-tiered teams in the big sky and have struggled in big games. Obviously looking at that loss to Montana State. So Coulter and Andrew Houghton will rap about the Big Sky Conference. Eastern Washington's men's team just keeps on rolling and looking at some other things as well. In terms of this first segment, before Coulter Nuanez gets rolling here in the Montana Basketball Hour, myself and Andrew Houghton just going to talk about our general thoughts about the NFL playoffs and share some thoughts on the weekend. I, myself, had a real fun weekend the Friday and Saturday, spending some time in a town and a venue that Andrew and Coulter have really gotten to know the last couple of years down in Boise, Idaho, Idaho Central Arena on Saturday night for Grizz Hockey, taking on Boise State. My estimate between three and 4,000 fans were there for that game on Saturday, and what a thrill it was to watch the Montana Grizzly hockey team get to play in a venue like that. Yes, the Glacier Ice Rink has been Sweet this year as well, packing it routinely. But a venue like that, obviously, with it hosting the Big Sky Conference Basketball Tournament, amongst other major sporting events, it just gave that game a different feel. And give the Grizz credit after how things went on the night prior, playing a game that came down to the wire, went to overtime, three-on-three overtime, couldn't decide a victor in a 2-2 tie. The game goes to a shootout. The Grizz win the game in the, or excuse me, lose the game in the shootout. Then the next night, they got the deck stacked against them. They're going into a tough venue with a packed house expected. Thousands of Boise State supporters were on hand. It was the Broncos' senior night. They had just lost a game in tough fashion the night prior. So they had to really try to pick themselves off the deck just to be in that game and give Montana credit. Connor Orlick, one of their senior leaders who will be honored this weekend, part of senior night at the Glacier Ice Rink, got him going with a shorthanded goal, and Montana never trailed from that point on, and really, for a large portion of the contest, dominated the game, winning an empty netter from their captain, Jackson Knutson, 5-2, getting Montana a win over Boise State, so a split this past weekend for the Montana Grizzly hockey team out there in Boise. Got a chance to hang out around downtown Boise, and Andrew Houghton and Coulter Nuanez have made a habit of being in Boise the last couple of years at the Big Sky Conference Basketball Tournament, specifically in Idaho Central Arena. And Andrew, I really thought that that venue was a sweet venue in general. Good size in that it was big enough where it felt like a big game type of an environment, but it also, from a viewing standpoint, is a great arena also. You're right in there on the action. One of those places that if you were to go out, go to Boise for the Big Sky Conference Basketball Tournament, there really isn't a bad seat in the place to watch all the action. At least that's how I felt. Well, I can't wait to get back there, Jeff, for the Big Sky Conference Basketball Tournament. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you had a good game there on Saturday. 
Uh, yeah, I've I've always enjoyed going down to the Idaho Central Arena for the Big Sky Tournament. I just basically hang out there for five or six days, so I spend a lot of time in there. Uh, it is a great viewing experience. Remember, we're giving you a chance to win a pass to the Big Sky Women's Basketball Tournament uh, with Krista Redpath on Wednesdays, but you can text us, 406-888-1029, to get entered for your chance to win that pass, as well as uh, a hotel stay in Boise for our Big Sky and Boise giveaway. Just wanted to mention that. I'm glad you had a good weekend, and it's good to see Grizz Hockey picking up a W. They'll be back in action later this week, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Friday and Saturday will be your last chance on Friday to see the Grizz in action at home at the Glacier Ice Rink, and it's going to be a brawl, surely, as they'll be welcoming in Montana State on Friday night. Then we'll be going to the other side of the divide to play against the Bobcats. So if you're checking us out on the app or on SWX Montana from around the Bozeman region and you want to see some brawl action on ice, be sure to go out to Haynes Pavilion on Saturday evening as well. And for Bobcat fans, have been chatting a little bit with their head coach, Dave Weaver, over there. Hopefully we'll be able to chat with a few Bobcat players and their head coach to get you ready for that one. And of course, we'll try to we'll, we always visit with Mike Anderson weekly here on 1029 ESPN. Also, we'll try to get some Grizz seniors to get you ready for what will be a big weekend for both teams as the postseason looms after this weekend. Both teams, the Bobcats and Grizzlies, after this weekend will head to the league conference tournament, which will take place in Logan, Utah. February 8th through the 10th. Montana's first game has actually already been confirmed. For February 8th, they'll be opening up that tournament against Utah State on a Thursday night in the Eccles Ice Center in Logan. So, tough matchup. That's the host of the tournament. Just happens to be the home also of the Utah State Aggies. So, Look forward to postseason hockey as well on the ESPN MT app and ESPN Radio Missoula. 7 o'clock puck drop on February 8th against Utah State. Coming up for Grizz Hockey in a few weeks after wrapping up the regular season this weekend. Friday and Saturday night, 7.30 puck drops. Friday night here in Missoula, Saturday at Haynes Pavilion out there in Bozeman. In terms of this past weekend, though, of course, seeing action on the gridiron play a big role as well. The AFC and NFC Championship games taking place first. I guess we'll start with the first game, the AFC title game. And it seemed like folks were going into that matchup featuring the Ravens and Chiefs were trying to figure out a way to justify saying that the Ravens were the favorite despite Patrick Mahomes being this huge star and obviously knowing his championship pedigree, MVPs, everything else. Andy Reid, the head coach, Travis Kelsey, you can point to so many different things with the Chiefs, but they also had shown few chinks in the armor through the season, so you're thinking, well, going up against a Ravens team that had looked dominant for large portions of the year, but as the game plays out, give the Chiefs credit. They obviously came out with a great game plan in the first half, how they were able to take control of that game on the defensive side of the ball, put a couple of good touchdown drives together, their first couple of drives of the contest, again, to further cement their portion out in front for Kansas City, and then were able to stem the tide in the second half. Lamar Jackson, a couple of ugly mistakes as well in the second half. Chiefs win 17-10, to and the head of the table just keeps on rolling on, and Andrew, the Chiefs, man, 
even when you think their backs are against the wall, they're playing on the road finally, and it's just business as usual for this Kansas City team. When do you start thinking about using that word so many times associated with the Patriots in Dynasty? Obviously, the game in a few weeks against San Francisco could further cement that. Well, I think they're there in this day and age. Um, You know, you make it to the AFC Championship game minimum every year since Patrick Mahomes has been in the league. That, to me, is almost more impressive than what the Patriots did under Brady. Just that level of consistency and excellence, right? And they did it. I mean, I said it on Friday with Rajim Seabrook in the studio. You're on the road at Baltimore. I said that to win that game and go to the Super Bowl... Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, or Steve Spagnuolo needed to have legendary games. And I thought Mahomes pretty much did, and I thought Steve Spagnuolo, their defensive coordinator, certainly did holding that Ravens attack. Which I you agree know, with you. Lamar Jackson's going to be the MVP. You hold him to 10 points, that's as, that's as good a defensive performance as I have seen this year. So it's just impressive also when we're talking about the Chiefs potentially being a dynasty, right? They can do it in different ways. They're not scoring 35 points a game this year like nope. they did when, when Patrick Mahomes burst on the scene and nobody had any idea how to cover Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill with that guy throwing him the ball, right? But they've built a really, really talented defense. They've got a great guy running it in Steve Spagnuolo. And they're able to grind out a win on the road, and they just keep keep winning and keep making Super Bowls. And here they are, headed to Las Vegas. And I think one of the biggest keys for Kansas City and Andrew touching on them winning in different ways, it really speaks to that. I think the biggest key for them against San Francisco will be that defense and that front four getting pressure on Brock Purdy, A, and being able to bother... Christian McCaffrey be in the running game and just trying to win that battle up front. If they are able to do one or both of those two things, I would imagine that Kansas City will have a fantastic chance to win that game. On the flip side, Lamar Jackson, it's been talked about at length, his struggles in the postseason, now his record at 2-4 and four in playoff games. I don't really see him as a guy where you look at him, if he comes out in a postseason game, you expect him to see ghosts. I think it's been more about the teams that he has been facing in the postseason. I mean, you're looking at players like from yesteryear. Let's think about Peyton Manning. How many times did Peyton Manning lose to the big bad wolf in the New England Patriots? And we still view Peyton Manning as a fabulous player. And yes, he was able to get The best of New England at times was able to beat the Patriots as a Colt to go to the Super Bowl and also was able to get by Tom Brady and the Patriots as a member of the Denver Broncos also. And let's not remember, Lamar Jackson's a young guy and is still, he's got a ways to go in his career and they have clearly built a great team out there in Baltimore. So I'd expect to see a lot more from Lamar Jackson and now most likely going to be a two-time MVP also. So nothing to sneeze at if you're the Baltimore Ravens. Much different feel, though, I think, from the NFC Championship game. 24-7 to in the first half. Didn't even make it out of the third quarter without seeing the game tied at 24-24. to Andrew, have you ever seen a game just completely avalanche out of control 
the way that NFC title game did. And give some credit to the 49ers also. You could see it from Debo Samuel right out of the shoot. He caught in the first drive the 49ers had the football. He caught about a 20-yard pass up the middle off play action, something the Niners have done so well all season long. And he was immediately saying, all right, let's go, boys. We got this. Let's roll. But still, so many wacky things that happened in that game. Well, absolutely. I think what was surprising about the 49ers' comeback was it was so quick, right? Like, certainly I have seen other avalanches, as you called them, happen before. I mean, that's one of the hallmarks of this Montana Grizzlies football team that we cover here at 102.90 ESPN. Now, they're not usually down 17 points when they hit the the avalanche on another team, but certainly they do that a lot. Another one that comes to mind, of course, in a similar scenario, the 28-3 Super Bowl between the Falcons and the Patriots, where the Patriots are able to come back from that deficit. But I just, it it was so sudden because it, it was it was building up really slowly, right? The 49ers have a good first drive coming out of the second half, and then you have the missed fourth down conversion on the drop by, by Josh Reynolds for the Lions. You have the crazy, I think, the, the turning point, the play of the game, the crazy pass that bounces off the yeah. DB's helmet, and Brandon Ayuk catches it inside the five, which is just like when we're it talking about a, a, a swing here, right? You look at you think you have an interception, and then suddenly the 49ers have the ball inside the five, and then the Jamire Gibbs fumble on the first first play, right, of Detroit's next drive. Like all of that happening all together. But you know, real credit to the San Francisco 49ers for keeping it together through halftime, coming out, and they got the avalanche, but I don't think they were they were trying to do that, right? They were taking it step by step coming out of the half, and that speaks really highly. Uh, as to the makeup of that team and, and, you know, the way that they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, what a viewing experience. Yeah, I mean, and from a standpoint of, from Detroit's standpoint, you couldn't have seen it be more of a juxtaposition. The first half, I saw a statistics on the 24 points scored in the first half, and I can't remember the exact year, but it was the most points that the Lions had scored in a first half since some point in the 1950s. So we're talking about a first half that the Lions put together and their defense really did a great job against Brock Purdy in that attack also. I mean, they are checking all the boxes, getting some pressure on Purdy, forcing him into a tough interception. Christian McCaffrey, yes, had a first-half touchdown, but had under 40 yards rushing in the first half. Amon Ross St. Brown could not be covered in the first half. My guy Sewell, the right tackle out of the University of Oregon, was just leading the way, pulling on these amazing running plays, and then it just all seemingly just fell apart for Detroit. And looking at it from this point, from this perspective, to me, I think Baltimore will be able to get over this loss easier than the Detroit Lions will. I mean, you can say what you want about them going for it on fourth down. I'm not going to nitpick that too much. That's been something that the Lions have done all season long. But still, it just seems like that ghost still exists in Detroit. In There's still the Detroit Lions eye roll. And for them to get to where they want to go, they're just going to have to kind of push through this negative energy that seems to surround the team. I'm kind of getting Boston Red Sox 2000, early 2000s vibes here. But rolling here in this 4 o'clock hour, 
Colter Nuanez will be in studio soon to talk about some Big Sky Conference basketball, part of the Montana Basketball Hour. Be sure to tune in in the 5 o'clock hour to hear from Marty Morningwig and Colter Nuanez talking some more NFL football, talking some Jim Harbaugh as well as he moves to the San Diego Chargers from Michigan. I'll be real curious to see what Marty's got to say about Baltimore and the experience he had there being coach of Lamar Jackson, early portions of his career. Be curious to what he says, what he says about San Francisco as well, as he was once the coach with the 49ers and also is good friends with Andy Reid. So he has a lot of personal connections with this game. And so I'll be curious to see what he's got to say about the big game. And obviously we'll be looking at some Big Sky Conference basketball. Just to get a look at the scoreboard from over the weekend, go over some scores from Saturday. Montana on the women's side, Montana getting a win over Sac State, 84-57, hitting 19 three-pointers. Woof. Montana State, Saturday, 71-50 winners over Portland State. Idaho State over Weber State, 55-47. Idaho gets a win for the Vandals, a good one against Northern Colorado, 60-56. NAU snaps Eastern Washington's win streak. Both men's and women's teams over there in Cheney have been playing real good basketball. NAU, though, defending conference champions from a season ago, they get the win 89-81. And some scores from the men's side. Eastern Washington, top team from on the men's side of the Big Sky, 85-70 over NAU. Northern Colorado, 89-68 winners also. Around the Big Sky in... Around the... Looking at getting my segments mixed up here, it's the Montana Basketball Hour coming up briefly. Brought to you by Dazzler's Car Wash. Colter Nuanez will tell you about Dazzler's Car Wash and how they're able to give you some of the best car washes in the Garden City. The Montana Sports Hour is proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash. Now that there's snow and ice on the roads, there's going to be de-icer all over the highways and byways and the residential and urban roads of Missoula. You don't want that on the bottom of your car. It's going to mess up the paint job. It's going to erode the undercarriage. Go to Dazzler's Car Wash. They'll make sure to keep your car sparkling clean and enhance the value of your vehicle. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. All right, hearing that from Coulter Nuanez on a bit form, but when we return from break, Coulter Nuanez will make his illustrious return to the studio to talk some Big Sky Conference basketball, specifically here in the Treasure State, part of the Montana Basketball Hour. Stick around for that here on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula, the ESPN MT app and SWX. Coulter Nuanez back in studio after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences. 
in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Well, apropos, I guess, considering that the uh, Detroit Lions lost and Eminem, one of those famous people from the Motor City, uh, playing us back in. What's up, everybody? Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas now. I know I told you I was taking a, an elongated period off with the birth of our son, but, uh, and that's still true. I'm just here hanging out because. I'm going to contribute some form of content to the show every day. I think that's important for us. I'm also loving listening to these guys steering the ship. Jeff Safford, Andrew Hout, both been doing a great job here uh, on Nuanas now. But uh, to, on Monday's shows, I'm probably going to be on the air here for uh, about, I don't know, an hour and 15 to an hour and 20 minutes each and every Monday, uh, including an hour with Coach Marty Mortaway. We only got two Monday afternoon quarterbacks left, maybe three. I guess it depends on how this all falls. But I thought to myself, well, I'm going to have to spend an hour on a Zoom with Marty anyways. We had a busy day going to the doctor, getting some stuff, getting the supplies, whatever. Uh, Still trying to nurse my wonderful and uh, incredibly courageous wife back to full health. That's going to take a little while here, as all of you that have had children know. But... I figured it might be in studio, so that's the last I'll tell you about the the why I'm here. Uh, just have no fear; you'll hear me uh, pretty much every day here uh, on Nuanas Now, and appreciate these guys for steering the ship while I'm in and out. And then we'll be back in full force by the time March Madness rolls around. So have no fear there uh, as well. More here on the Montana Basketball Hour. By the way, I guess I should say a few words about why uh, I was out uh, at the end of last week. I won't give you all the ins and outs of the details of how it all went down. It it was um, unbelievably impressive to watch uh, my wife and uh, the whole labor process. Then for a little while, it was unbelievably scary. But then he came back around, and now we have a beautiful baby boy. His name is McCall Jerome. Uh, if you're wondering why the origin points of the name, I was born in McCall, Idaho. I only lived there for uh, like a week of my whole life. My parents at that time were rolling around the uh, western United States, living in various mining camps. My dad uh, made his living as a young man, as an underground miner, and so we worked in a lot of different gold and silver towns. Uh, my, my dad did, that is, and we lived in a lot of different tiny little towns. My parents were living in a tiny, tiny, tiny town called Oxbow, Oregon, which is right along Hell's Canyon. Uh, if you're familiar with Riggins, Idaho, it's sort of on the other side of the river from that. This was population 12, so I was lucky number 13. That's not an exaggeration. I was the 13th person in the town when I was born. So uh, there's a story if you want to know how my parents were living. Very rustic, to say the least. But I was born in McCall because that was the closest hospital uh, to where my parents were living. My, my grandmother was actually living in Council, Idaho, as were several of my aunts and uncles. So uh, that's the, the story on McCall. Um, I did not know the gender of the baby until... Uh, Wednesday evening, when the little guy came into the world. 
actually fell over on the ground <laughs> when, when the nurse told me that I had a son. I was so overjoyed. I was going to be overjoyed either way, but the anticipation, needless to say, after 41 and a half weeks uh, was killing me. And uh, so McCall stems from my place of birth. Also, if you've read the book Lonesome Dove or seen the, the miniseries Lonesome Dove, uh, General McCall, they call him Call in, in the movie. Uh, that was my dad's one of my dad's favorite books and movies, so it's sort of an homage to our cowboy background. And then Jerome, Jerome with a G, uh, an homage to a couple different things. First of all, we're naming him after my, my wife's grandfather, her maternal uh, grandfather, as it were, who is still alive. So uh, he is 87 years old, about to be 88, and uh, we got to tell him that he's got a great-grandson that... Uh, is carrying on his name, so that was pretty cool. And then uh, my family were from northern Arizona, and uh, Jerome, Arizona, is a place where there's a mine there. And uh, so more mining connections. One of my most vivid memories of my grandfather, my dad's dad was born in Arizona in 1909. So he is from a totally different time, a totally different world. I mean, he lived in Arizona for close to 20 years before Arizona was even a state in the United States of America. That's how... uh, from a different world and a different time he was from. But one of my vivid memories of him when he was in his late 80s before he passed away was riding. There's this awesome uh, train you can take through the old mine in Jerome, which is by where my parents are from, Sedona, Arizona. And um, my grandfather, uh, unfortunately, he, uh, he had some cognitive decline by the end of his life, but he would have these these elongated moments where he would have these, he would be totally lucid and he would be able to tell you these stories. And he was a wonderful storyteller. That's that's part of where I get my oration abilities. And uh, he would tell, he told us this whole story all about the history of Jerome and what it was like going there and what it was like in Arizona when he was a little kid. And it's one of the most vivid and certainly the most uh, indelible memories of my childhood. So uh, that's where the name comes from. Mom's doing great. Baby's doing awesome. We're over the moon happy. We're so proud. And uh, knock on wood, I won't jinx it too much, but he's sleeping great so far. So we're doing well, even though it's only been about five days. So uh, there's the baby update. Uh, Anybody that had uh, January 24th on the baby board, uh, you're the winner. So seven pounds, 10 ounces, and almost 21 inches long. So uh, he's uh, pretty normal when it comes to weight. He's got a 98th percentile head. I wouldn't expect anything less. Have you seen my dome? You know exactly uh, what I'm talking about. Uh, so I was uh, transitioning between the car and the office and saying hello to everybody, guys. So just give me the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Jeff did the uh, the Big Sky scoreboard. Uh, on the end. He did. Okay, great. So you guys already know what went down uh, around the Big Sky Conference in terms of scores on Saturday. So here's some takeaways. This is the Montana Basketball Hour here on Nuanas now. Probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's. Here's my seven takeaways from the weekend of Big Sky Hoops. Number one, Montana got smacked on Thursday at Portland State. It was uh, it was a no contest. It did not look good, especially in the second half. The Grizz totally faded. They did not play well offensively. I actually thought the tone setter in the game was about midway through the first half. Anna Moody got hammered at the basket, and it was just called a, a, a normal foul, no flagrant foul call. No controversy there. I just thought K.J. Allen sending Anna Moody to the floor, and, you know, it's one of those no layups, you know, old school Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, Detroit Pistons style. And I thought that, that really 
they really showed that Portland State was there, ready to roll, ready to play. And then the aggressiveness of Portland State, especially with their on-ball defense, continued to sort of erode Montana away. Now, there's some factors here. First of all, the Grizz uh, are coming off of two uh, emotional and uh, um, sort of big-time rivalry-type wins. Certainly the rivalry game against Montana State and Bozeman, a rivalry win. But the Grizz sort of have a rivalry. I mean, the Grizz have rivalries across the big sky. That's just kind of how it goes in conference play, especially if you're Montana. But, I mean, if you're to say, okay, who are the Grizz other sort of secondary rivals? I mean, I know this sounds sort of silly because I'm naming like half the conference, but probably in order after the Cats, it's Eastern Washington, and then I would say it's Weber State, and then I would say it's Idaho and Northern Colorado sort of in a tie for that fourth spot. So um, the Grizz got good wins in Bozeman over Montana State and then in Missoula over Weber. We'll get to the Wildcats in just a minute. They are not faring well as of late. But... So you can say, okay, they're a little bit worn out. They're a little bit tired going to Portland State. The Grizz bounced back for a nice 70-67 to win over Sac State on Saturday. But I got to thinking, man, this is sort of just like a trend here. But am I just assuming that? Sometimes we just think that. Sometimes people that follow stuff, they just think, oh, you know, this team, X team cannot win when they go play at Y place, right? So I was like, but I know in my head... That the Grizz, especially over the last 10 years, when Travis DeCure has been the head coach, the Grizz have always struggled to go on the road and sweep what they call the West Coast Swing in the Big Sky Conference. Sac State, Portland State have been partners, travel partners as well as hosting partners, for quite some time. The, the league scheduling has been redone a variety of different ways. Like, I was going back to Travis DeCure's first season. There was a moment in time when the league didn't... You didn't play everybody in the league twice. You would play half the league twice and half the league once. <laughs> so Coach Secure's first season, he only played Portland State and Sac State respectively one time. That's sort of weird. Regardless, in 10 years now under Travis Secure, and, and now that they've made this trip, they've, they've done it 10 times, they have swept the trip once where they went on the road and won both of them at Portland State and Sac State. They've gotten swept once. And they've split every other time. So sometimes it was a win on Thursday, a loss on Saturday, or a loss on Thursday, a win on Saturday. Either way, eight splits in ten tries. Then you break it down all the way to the the, uh, the studs. And uh, Coach Secure just six and four against Sac State. I mean, he's got winning records. I shouldn't say just six and four, but hasn't been. I guess what I'm saying is, Portland State and Sac State have very rarely been true contenders in the Big Sky. Neither one have been bad. They've both been sort of just right there in the middle. You know, they're just the teams that are going like 8-10 and 10 or 9-9 nine and nine or 10-10, and 10, depending on how many league games you play. But Montana has actually had much better success against the Montana States of the world, the Idahos of the world. I actually would bet you that their record against Eastern Washington is pretty similar to what it is against Sac State and Portland State. Maybe that would surprise some people. Regardless, Coach DeCure is 6-4 and four against Sac State uh, on the road in California. And then 13 and 8 overall. Two of those are tournament wins, so 11 and 8 overall in regular season games. And then against Portland State, he's also 6 and 4, and uh, that, that's at Portland State. And then 10 and 6 overall. And they've had three different cancellations because of either the pandemic a couple of years ago or last year they had their one of their home games against Portland State canceled because Portland State couldn't get out. They were snowed 
uh, all the way in. So um, my point is that I think that in the the sort of the the psyche of Big Sky Conference basketball fans, people would assume just off the top of your head, if you said, okay, name the best programs in the Big Sky Conference, I think people would rattle off Montana, Eastern Washington, and Weber State in no particular order. And then they'd probably get to Northern Colorado, Montana State, and Idaho before they got to Sac State and Portland State. But Sac State and Portland State have actually given the Grizz a little bit tougher of a time, particularly when the Grizz have to play on the road out there on that West Coast swing. That's all to say that I know coming out of Thursday, I heard a lot of grumblings from Grizz fans. People were saying, well, man, they come off a, a string of good wins. We're thinking this team is really good. And then they go score 46 points at Portland State. Well, I think it's just part of the trend. I think that, that this is just kind of what happens. And I'm not trying to explain away losses, but I do think there's some factors there. Um, Andrew, I think that Andrew Houghton chiming in here on Nuanas Dow. I think there's a couple of things here. I think there's some stylistic factors. Sac State has traditionally over the last 10 years, even under multiple different coaches, they've been a a team that's always been one of the biggest teams in the league, one of the strongest teams in the league, and the Grizz can't necessarily bully the the Hornets, especially with their on-ball defense. Portland State, I just think it's an interesting matchup. Portland State, through three different coaches, has also had a sort of similar style. Up and down, a lot of pressing, a lot of on-ball stuff, a lot of swagger. So, but then I think the other factor is playing at Sac State. Coach DeCure co- recruits a bunch of California guys. A lot of times they have a lot of people in the stands to watch. I think sometimes that can, that can help guys raise their level of play. I think other times it makes it so uh, guys are nervous. So, I mean, what did you think of these statistics, Andrew? I mean, were you surprised that uh, it's been pretty much across the board consistent that the Grizz have split the West Coast swing in Big Sky Conference play. Well, I think the biggest reason behind it, right, is it's just it's just a tough trip, right? Yeah, that's, that's probably the, true. The amount of travel, right? And you're right that, you know, those teams have always been not at the top of the league, but those teams generally have been well-coached teams that know how to play. Uh, and I think looking at this weekend specifically, you just don't like the way that they lost to Portland State because they couldn't get anything going, and that looks really bad watching it and then also in the box score after. But, like, that's a good Portland State team. No, they're good, Coming into the conference schedule, I know they've been up and down a little bit. Coming into the conference schedule, they had the best record in the league because they had a really great non-conference, and I've actually been really uh, impressed by what Jace Coburn and his staff have done there at Portland State, right? They uh, they struggled a little bit to open conference play. They got blown out by Eastern Washington in their first conference game. Uh, but to bounce back from that, and it seems like they're back on the right track again. I mean, that's a that's a talented team. It is a talented team. That's my second interesting thing about the Big Sky Conference, then, is that every year we say this, though. Portland State is a talented team. Portland State's a dangerous team. Portland State's going to make some noise when it comes tournament time. Well... Under Barrett Peary, there was a couple times when they did. They'd, they'd win a, a tournament game, but never really. We said the same thing about Portland State and Southern Utah for several years. Southern Utah screwed around and went and played in the, in the either semifinals or the championship game multiple times. Portland State's never done that. They've never just wrecked the bracket. Now, that said, Jace Coburn's first year, two years ago, they did win two conference games, or two, two conference tournament games, that is. And then they lost Northern Colorado both times. Part of this is, even though Northern Colorado the last couple of years have been among the most disappointing teams in the league, 
Northern Colorado is the worst matchup in the conference for Portland State. Portland State wants to speed you up. They want to turn you over. You know, if you're not if you're not a really good shooting team, which actually Montana has been a great shooting team in conference play. They just did not shoot it well at Portland State on Thursday night. But regardless, Northern Colorado has all these stretch players that can just shoot the lights out, and that's exactly how they've beaten Portland State in the conference tournament two years in a row. But that's my second interesting thing is, under Coburn, what we've seen the last several years has been a pretty specific trend, and that is once he gets his rotation locked in, once they get their chemistry locked in, they can absolutely roll in the league. I mean, they had a they had a stretch where they won, I think, eight out of nine two years ago. They had a stretch last year where they won seven in a row. But they both came in February. How can they peak in March? That's my like biggest question about Portland State. Because we've been saying this about the Vikings during the Ty Geving days, during the Barrett Peary days, and now during the Jace Coburn days. They are really talented. They're always going to be talented. I mean, it's as simple as this. Portland, I know Portland has fallen on hard times as a city and a community. But Portland is a gem of the West Coast. Nike is located in Portland. There's ballers all over Portland and that area and just the I-5 corridor. So they can get players, transfer guys, junior college guys, prep guys. Portland State's always going to have talent. So how can they uh, How can they maximize that moving forward? It's the Montana Basketball Hour here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuana is back just for a brief moment in time. Uh, I'll be in and out the next couple weeks, but you'll always hear me at least once a day on this here fine radio show. And in the meantime, Jeff Safford, Andrew Houghton, uh, and a variety of other contributors will be steering the ship for us. Let's do one more of my seven interesting things about Big Sky Conference basketball, and then we'll take a break. Eastern Washington, uh, another lopsided win. They took care of business pretty easily against Northern Arizona. I was just chilling with our newborn son on Saturday, so I was scrolling through all the different games. So I had like little tidbits on every single game basically to watch. This was the only men's game that was on early in the afternoon, but I got stuck on it because... I was going between this one and the Eastern Washington NAU women's game. That was a great game. Went to overtime. Because the other games that were on at the time, the Lady Grizz versus Sac State, Montana State versus Portland State, those were just complete runaways. They were complete blowouts. The games were in hand uh, early in the third quarter. So I was switching back and forth between Eastern, Eastern's men and Eastern's women. And the Eastern men, they just kept on rolling. And the most amazing part to me about it is, I mean, sure, they've had some some pretty unforgettable talents over the last 10 to 12 years, whether it's you know Jake Wiley or Vanke Joyce or Bogdan Blizniak. But by and large, if you took the names off the back of the jerseys and blurred out the guys' faces, Eastern Washington looks the same. It doesn't matter if it's Jim Hayford or Shante Leggins or David Riley as the head coach. They run the same, at least in broad premise, system as they've always run. It's an ISO spread. They they, they play th- three and two basically. When the ball comes up in, in the the uh, the early transition, the extended fast break. If it's on the right side, okay, boom. We got this guy in the corner. I got the ball. Here's the guy in the post. Give the ball to the post. Run a little triangle. It's not quite the triangle offense, but it's a very uh, sophisticated version of like a Euro spread. That's why their four man and their five man get the ball in the paint so often, and they do such great work with it. That's also why Eastern Washington's had six out of the last eight Big Sky Conference MVPs. Because the guy that's playing the 4-5 spot, like Ethan Price is right now for Eastern Washington, that dude is going to get 16-8 and eight 
for playing that position, just for being in that spot in the offense. He's going to average 15 or 16 points and seven or eight rebounds a game. If he's pretty good, like Mason Peatling, he's going 18 and 10. If he's a ferocious beast like Jake Wiley, he's going 22 and 12. But that spot is just going to get you so much production because of the opportunities that they get. And I think it's a testament to continuity, having a recruiting and development strategy. And there's this is this is, I think to me, inarguable. Nobody develops players in the Big Sky Conference better than Eastern Washington. Nobody. They bring in so many guys that are oh, who's that guy type recruits that then become outstanding players. I mean, Steel Ventures was a walk-on. Now he's playing at Gonzaga, right? Like Ethan Price, nobody recruited him. Then he's the freshman of the year. He's going to be a first-team All-League guy this year. I mean, he's averaging 16 and 10 and, you know, playing a very unselfish brand of basketball. So, uh, you know, on down the roster. And now they've, they, you know, the thing is, Eastern has this perception that they can take transfers that no one else can. That's true still. But they don't. They haven't done that that much. Their transfers are completely off the beaten path type guys. They've had you know uh, D two transfers like Linton Acleese or uh, guys uh, Dane Dane Eric Stroop was a D two transfer or uh, guys like Cedric Coward who were, I think he's a D three guy once upon a time. He's averaging sixteen points per game for Eastern Washington. So. Uh, you take the, the names off the back, you blur out the faces. Eastern looks so much the same as they did when they started this great run uh, under Jim Hayford. And I think it's a it's a testament to having a blueprint. Here's our system. Here's our culture. Here's what we do. And here's what we're going to continue to do. And that's why Eastern Washington 7-0. and They've now won, amazingly, when you break this whole thing down, they've now won 23 out of their last 25 Big Sky Conference games. So our other storylines from around the big sky includes how important Robert Ford is for the Montana State Bobcats. What the heck is going on at Weber State? And will the Lady Grizz ever stop making three-pointers? Well, if they're playing the bottom half of the league, I don't think they will. That plus much more second hour, or second uh, segment, I should say, of the Montana Basketball Hour right after this. is presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash. Back on Nuanas Now, right after this. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. You ready for my latest and probably uh, what you guys will think is worst unpopular opinion? I know that you're going to be like, man, you're just being a hater right now. I'm not. It's just a matter of preference. While I think that Usher has a wonderful voice, awesome. If I could sing like anybody, it'd be Chris Stapleton. But if I could sing like anybody else, it'd be Usher Raymond, for sure. And while I think that Usher might be the most handsome man that's ever lived, and while I think that his swagger is undeniable, I hate his music. I hate it. And it's, it's, I shouldn't say I hate it. It's not for me. And 
I have all the albums. Uh, his first album is pretty good. Uh, it, you Make Me Wanna, his debut single, epic. The music video, great. That's, that's an awesome song. Nice and Slow, pretty good. And then it started getting worse and worse. Like Confessions and, uh, you know, You Remind Me and, you know, then Love in the Club and Oh My God and Yeah and all this stuff. First of all, this will shock you. I've been to the club once. Whatever the club is, I've been to a club one time. I will not be going back to the club ever. <laughs> it's not for me. And uh, neither is the club and music. That said, I think the Super Bowl performance will be awesome. Because, I mean, if you can sing like Usher can sing and you can dance like Usher can dance, you're going to be awesome in a live performance of the Super Bowl. You are. But just the 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 club nature of, like, the 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 bass riffs and stuff, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just not for me. I know everybody's going to say, man, you're a hater. If you like it, good for you. It's just, it's just not my style. But, like I said, I wish I could sing like him. I wish I could dance like him. I wish I looked like him. Don't we all? Who is now? ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanas sitting in on my own show. I'll be back gone tomorrow. But uh, the way that it all worked out for the recording of it all, I figured I'm not going to be recording it because uh, we had all sorts of stuff to do leading up till uh, when the show was going. So in the name of efficiency, here I am. Marty Mornowick, Monday afternoon quarterback, coming up here in about 10 minutes. But first, got to get through my seven interesting deals. Interesting storylines from across Big Sky Conference Hoops. It's the Montana Basketball Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Uh, we got through three of them, so here's a couple more. What the heck's going on at Weber State? Well, it's not sounding so good. Um, Weber blasted Montana and Montana State to open up conference play. And we were sitting here thinking, okay, well, you got Dylan Jones, this NBA prospect. You got the most veteran returning roster in the conference. Maybe we were just going to roll through the league this year. Maybe they're a team that's uh, earned all the hype. Well, then they go and drop the West Coast swings, Portland State and Sac State. Then they get one win over Idaho. Then they get destroyed in Missoula on Monday. Then they take the whole week off and they play a Saturday game inside Idaho State at home. And inexplicably... They get drilled. They lose 74-64. Idaho State was up by 10 for most of the game. Now, to be fair, Idaho State does have four wins in their last six trips to uh, Ogden, so they have been good at the Purple Palace. But after the Montana game, I looked at Andrew, and I said, hey, that's a good win for Montana, but there's something going on with Weber State. They seem unengaged. They seem all over the place. It was weird. Well, then after the Idaho State game, Head coach Eric Duft went off. He said, our team's lost its competitive edge. They're completely lost their competitive character. Every night we got three or four guys, let's call it three and a half guys, playing as hard as they can play. And we've got to get everybody's best effort, not just three guys. I told the guys, the guys who were playing the hardest and the guys who are going to play are the guys that are going to play going forward. What we've been doing is unacceptable. He continued. He said, we got a couple guys that are guarding the ball well. We got a couple guys that aren't. Once they get in the paint, it's hard to defend that. So it all goes back to on-ball defense. Are you in your gaps? Are you taking away space so they can't get into the paint? That comes down to an effort thing. And that point, uh, there's no rotation. You got it. You can't get beat like that. He kept on going. He said, some of our effort, our inability to handle adversity is really hurting our team right now. That's completely mental toughness. 
that's being engaged. We've had more missed assignments tonight, and I think that we probably have uh, than, I, than, I th- than I think we've probably had in five or six games. Excuse me. We'll either figure it out or we won't. But if we don't figure it out, it won't be because we're not playing the guys who play the hardest. So we're going to make some changes in that area. So uh, pretty strong words from Eric Duff. But you can tell, I mean, it's not just Dylan Jones. And you return Steven Verplankin and Dyson Kohler and Alex Two. They have a bunch of talent. They have no excuse to not be like a top four team in the Big Sky Conference. So right now they're sitting at three and five coming off of getting whipped by um, I know stayed at home. So, to be continued when it comes to the Weaver State Wildcats. Got to touch on Montana State. They're really fun to watch. I had a really fun time watching them both games this weekend. I think Brian Garaki is a legitimately lethal scorer in the Big Sky Conference. He's a 20-point performance waiting to happen. But Robert Ford is definitely the straw that stirs the drink. We talked about it in the last couple weeks. He's a dynamo garden on ball. He's I mean, right now, he's got 60 steals already. There's only four guys in the history of MSU basketball that have had 60 steals an entire season. Cat's still got 13 games left to play. He's third in the country in steals right now, Robert Ford is. He's also the leading rebounder for players under six foot one in the entire United States of America. He's leading Montana State in rebounding by a wide margin. He's one of the four best rebounders in the conference. He's six feet tall. I mean, he's, he's not tall at all. But when he fouled out against Portland State, then Portland State, they they ended that game on a 24-6 run, and the Cats just couldn't figure out a way uh, to stop the bleeding. We talked about Portland State's men. When it comes to Lady Grizz, man, Andrew called this right out the gates. He called it after he saw him live for the first time. He said, hey, this team moves the ball well enough and shoots it well enough that if teams are going to let them shoot it and they're an overmatched team playing against Montana, Montana's going to absolutely run the score up on them. Well, what happened this last week after their loss in Bozeman? Lagers scored 83 times in a row. In fact, they scored 84 and 87 twice. They've now scored more than 87 times so far this year. Pundits, skeptics would say, well, they did it against Weber State, Sac State, and Idaho State, and, and excuse me, Sac State and Portland State. How many league wins do those three teams have? Three total combined. Still, though, 19 three-pointers and a victory is nothing to scoff at. And then my last interesting fact about the Big Sky Conference. Montana State's still getting it done with their defense. They needed it uh, against SAC on Thursday because they only scored 60, but they won 60 to 54. And then they held Portland State to 50. So Cats have had a lot of scores in the 50s defensively. So Trisha Bidford's squad, uh, because they have so many young players, I think they're going to be a team that keeps getting better. If Mara Dykstra plays like she did all weekend long uh, with 12 points and then 17 points and her first career double-double, that bodes well for Montana State as well. Still trying to decide if the Cats are a true contender. I don't think they're a pretender. They're going to be a solid team that's going to influence the league standings. But just what is their ceiling? I think that they could play their way up into being a contender uh, if they keep on getting better and they keep on getting bodies back. So there you go. It is the uh, Montana Basketball Hour. It's probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated. All winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. The main man, Marty Mornowig, in studio with me. The Monday afternoon quarterback with a man that was in the NFL for more than a quarter century. Talking all things championship Sunday. That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. 
and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.